0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Code Chat. I'm Jeremy Foster, your host, and you can find me online at CodeFoster.com or on Twitter at CodeFoster. And in case you didn't notice, I have not recorded a Code Chat episode in a really long time. It's been almost a year. Uh, I've got a good excuse. I've been busy with a lot of other things. Now, that's, that's a terrible excuse, actually, but it, uh, it's the truth. Um, but I am realizing that I love having a medium to talk to developers, to talk to startups, to, uh, to talk to folks about code, basically. And this has just been a lot of fun for me, and I've been wanting the last few months to get back to producing good technology content, and so that's what I'm doing now. So I want to say a big Welcome back, sorry for the gap, but there it is, Um, and you should see content coming out on a regular basis. I'm going to shoot really hard for um, getting back to the cadence of doing a one-week podcast. Hope to bring in some really good uh, technology. I've got some good folks lined up to come visit us and talk about some neat things. I'm just wanting every week to kind of blow your mind with new things and strategies and Things that that startups are doing to to make a big splash and things that developers are doing to just increase their uh, developer workflows and and lives and everything. So it's a real general podcast, Code Chat is. It's just about code. That means we might be talking about the client side one week and the server side the next. We might be talking about robots one week and, and websites the next. Who knows? We could be talking about just about anything. So, uh, looking forward, that's what Code Chat is going to look like. It's going to look much the same. I'm going to try to bring in a little bit of like industry announcements, but not try to overload you with news that uh, you probably get elsewhere anyway, um, but just get right into the meat of the interview with whoever it is that we're talking about. But today's episode, mostly meta, it's just me. Now I wanted to talk for just a little bit on this welcome back episode about what I'm into now. So. I have had this hiatus from the show for the last few months. What have I been doing? What do I think is cool? What do you think I might be seeking out in the form of interviewees to bring to Code Chat? Well, there are a number of things. First of all, I'm still writing a lot of Node.js. This is a really exciting uh, space for me. I really like Node.js. I like the idea, still, that I can write JavaScript, almost everywhere. I can talk to Azure, I can talk to my robot, I can talk to my cell phone, whatever it is, I've, I've got JavaScript right there, and it's got its quirks. You know, There's a lot of ways in which uh, the native language is better. There are a lot of cool things like Xamarin that allow you to take uh, stronger languages like C-sharp and just take them everywhere. So there are a lot of good other things, but JavaScript is still Really, a thing. It's still really exciting, and it's it's growing leaps and bounds in its capability. We're getting all kinds of things introduced in the latest version of ECMAScript, and looking forward into the next versions of ECMAScript even more. So, uh, deconstruction and classes and modules and all kinds of stuff. It's really exciting. So, it's just one of the tools in our toolkits as developers, but it happens to be the the area where I'm kind of camping and trying to. Trying to get better is in the area of JavaScript and specifically in Node.js. Another area for me is still IoT. Absolutely love IoT and this marrying of these two worlds, the hardware and the software, the edge and the cloud. I think that IoT is getting really awesome now with the advent of an emphasis on the edge compute. So now besides just saying, well, I've got a little device and I can write custom code for it, and then I have some cloud services, and I can talk to those, and I could do some really interesting things with that connection. Now what we're recognizing is that a lot of stuff needs to run on the edge that's on the device or in field gateways. And in fact, we want to be able to move this functionality dynamically back and forth between the edge and the cloud. So there's just all kinds of scenarios for that, things like data analysis where you want to consider the costs of sending things up to the cloud or machine learning where sometimes you can't go all the way to the cloud and wait for that round trip in order to get an answer about what you're seeing in the image in front of you. Um, So lots of really neat scenarios there. You may have seen the announcements on Azure IoT Edge, and that's where I'm going to be camping out quite a bit. I actually have an idea for a project this summer to work on. I'm going to see how much progress I can make where I'm gonna be using an edge device inside of a boat because when you're on a boat, you don't always have a really good connection to the internet and so sometimes uh, you wanna get selective about where things are processed. Am I gonna process that here while I'm in the middle of the ocean or am I gonna send that to the internet because I have a good connection while I'm at a marina? So, IoT, still a really fun area for me. I was recently at the San Francisco Maker Fair, the Bay Area Maker Fair, And man, what an IoT Maker Fest that is. If you've never been before, it's just super exciting to walk around, meet the makers, and just get all of these ideas. I just had a notebook, and I wrote down so many ideas of things I wanted to go back home and work on. Just a couple of things that I wanted to highlight. First of all, I was working at the Microsoft booth, and we have a program that you may not have heard of yet. It's called Make Code. MakeCode.com, really good for kids and beginner developers, IoT developers, Uh, getting started. You basically just go there in your browser. You don't even need a device or anything. You just go there in your browser and you'll get a simulated device, and you can write an application for that simulated device, and uh, you get to see the lights flash and the bells ring and stuff right there in the web page. And then when you're ready to actually publish it, you plug a device in. If you've got it, plug it into USB. doesn't matter what kind of computer you have. And you download it to the device, and then you see it work on the actual device. So it makes the development for IoT, especially for beginners and young folks, really easy because the um, interface, the IDE, is not just lines of code that you write, but you have the option to use blocks, blocks of functionality, if blocks and loops and things like that. So kids can really come up to speed on it. They can wrap their head around what's going on. They can create their own logic. And we saw it right there at the booth where, where kids would run through a quick tutorial. It would take them about five minutes. And then sometimes they would spend the next 15 minutes doing their own thing, making different lights flash and, and, and all kinds of stuff. So I really like seeing the light bulbs come on in the young minds. That's really exciting. Uh, At Maker Faire, there was another booth that I was particularly excited about, a gentleman out of Portland leading a community of folks on a CNC router that is much like a drawbot. If you've ever seen a drawbot, a drawbot is, um, you've maybe seen this at some sort of a Maker Faire, it's a little device that holds a classic pen or pencil and then is suspended by two strings that are controlled by spools with motors and depending on the position of those two strings, it can access any point on that uh, canvas. And it can not only go to a point and tap to do sort of a dot matrix drawing, but it can actually move uh, along the instructions of a vector, and it can draw things. And so they had a lot of drawbots there, but the one that I thought was awesome was the Maslow CNC router. So the Maslow CNC router is suspended by chains, very thin chains, much like bicycle chains going around motors that are holding a little sled with a router, a classic router. You just use your own router. And this thing drags it around on a a large stock of material, like wood material perhaps, and drags it around and cuts out or etches whatever shape you want. I thought that was really cool. You can look, look for that online, the Maslow. That's one of the things that I thought was exciting at Maker Faire, all kind of part of my general and sustained interest in IoT going forward. But another thing that I've been working on and enjoying is bots. Now, I'm not talking about robots that we work with um, when when you're doing IoT. I'm talking about chatbots. So, this is the software that you run to create, to basically turn into logic, a conversation. So, we're talking about a computer having a conversation with a human using what hopefully feels like natural language, natural reactions, and natural, a natural ability to perceive what it is that the user is trying to do. The thing I like about bots, about chatbots, is that with bots, you are basically um, really utilizing your language of choice. So, Microsoft's bot framework allows you to write in C-sharp or in Node, and I choose Node, and in Node, um, you have to really have a handle on the language in order to implement a conversation. And so, when you're writing a bot, you kind of test your knowledge of the underlying language. It's the same thing with the folks writing C-sharp bots. You have to really understand C-sharp in order to write bots using that. And so, um, that that makes it really fun. It's very language heavy, and it, it really gives you a lot of flexibility in what you implement in a conversation, and then in case you didn't know, when you're making bots, you can use services from Microsoft Cognitive Services, like Lewis to naturally un- to understand natural language, and then you can use <clears throat> excuse me, you can use other services like in Cognitive Services, like the Vision API, so that you can analyze images and figure out what's in the image uh, using the bot. So the thing, the cool thing about bots is that it's quite easy to make something that shows quite well, so one of those uh, kind of easy on-ramps, in my opinion. And then another thing that I'm excited about, although I'm not extremely well-versed in yet, is machine learning. Machine learning is one of those topics that I think is a, is a non-avoidable, an unavoidable topic for developers. You, as a developer, are going to have to know some machine learning going forward. It's just going to be essential. It's going to be a part of all of our jobs. Um, The concept of machine learning, which is basically looking for patterns inside of data that help you to make decisions about what you do going forward, is fundamental, fundamental. So, look for more content on Code Chat and uh, try to come up to speed yourself as a developer on the topic of machine learning because it's huge. It's already huge and it's going to get huger. Next topic that I'm interested in, but once again, not necessarily well versed in yet, is blockchain. If you're not familiar with blockchain, this is the underlying technology or algorithms behind Bitcoin. That's the most popular application of blockchain logic, but it's not at all restricted to just Bitcoin. Blockchain is essentially uh, a structure. It's like a data structure that allows us to all agree on the same set of data so that it doesn't have to be stored in a central location but rather we all own the same data. It's just that you only have visibility into the data that's yours. The rest of it's encrypted, but we all have that same set of data. And so we all agree on the history. So we can all agree that Jim has 47 bitcoins because we see all the transactions that led up to him having 47 bitcoins. And if it's not Bitcoins, if it's anything else like um, personal data or, or whatever, once again, you own the data. It is encrypted, but it is in a public repository that we can all agree on and so we can all have this confidence in the validity of the data. And then as kind of a follow-on to blockchain, Ethereum is, is a, a blockchain structure that doesn't just store data like a database. As opposed, it stores programming. So it stores logic. This is the best of my understanding of Ethereum so far. It stores logic and so that we can all agree on the functionality of a system. It's kind of, I heard the analogy that it's kind of like a blockchain VM. So it's like a machine that has a certain way that it runs that is known by everybody, agreed upon by everybody, and modified going forward by everybody. So some pretty exciting things there that I think are going to be massive paradigm shifts in our jobs as developers and in what we bring to the world in information management. So, uh, I hope you guys are as excited about things like that as me. Uh, let me just reiterate that uh, I apologize for the gap in Code Chat and I really look forward to bringing some good content to you guys going forward. So, I will see you next time on CodeChat.